This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to episode 40 of AFF On Air on this Saturday, the 11th of July 2020. I'm your host, Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode, there's a new Star Alliance status match available. I'll tell you how to take advantage of that, as well as a popular Qantas Frequent Flyer status challenge. Also, I speak to AFF moderator Jessica Tam after the incredible story of her Qatar Airways refund, which I think it's fair to say was for a little bit more than she expected, went viral around the world this week. But first, here's what's making news in the world of airlines and frequent flyer points this fortnight. And firstly, Qantas will run three Boeing 747 Joy flights next week before it retires its final aircraft for good. VHOEJ, which originally bore the iconic Wanala Dreaming livery, is Qantas's youngest and last remaining Boeing 747-400ER. It will operate Joy flights in Sydney next Monday, Brisbane next Wednesday, then finally in Canberra next Friday. There were limited tickets available for $400 a seat in economy class or $747 appropriately in business class, but these sold out within just a few minutes of them going in sale on Wednesday. The Joy flights will each last around an hour and 15 minutes, and all middle seats in economy class will be blocked, and I believe there's also going to be some souvenirs and um, other goodies given away on the day, as well as an opportunity for everyone on the flight to get a photo in front of the plane after um, it lands back in the city where it started. Now, I know many Australian frequent flyer members were lucky enough to get seats, and uh, I will most likely be at Canberra Airport next Friday, so if you're booked on the Canberra flight, please do come and say hi. VHOEJ will finally depart Australia then on the 22nd of July for its final journey over to the US for retirement, but there will be a few more surprises in store here, including a flyover of the Haas Museum in Shell Harbour. And you may remember from episode 23 of this podcast when I spoke to the Haas president, Bob Delahunty, that Qantas's first Boeing 747-400 was donated to Haas a few years back, and it's still there. In fact, the public can go and uh, take a tour of that. Sadly, the reason though for Qantas retiring all of its 747s early is a lack of international flights. A few weeks back, Qantas had already cancelled most international flights until the end of October this year. Last Thursday, though, it quietly extended these cancellations until the end of March 2021, so another five months. The only exception being flights to New Zealand, which are currently scheduled to resume in mid-August, although trans-Tasman flights will almost certainly be pushed back further until a trans-Tasman bubble is announced. And with the new outbreak in Victoria, this will quite likely now be delayed. Due to the huge spike in coronavirus cases in Melbourne over the past week, New South Wales has now closed its border with Victoria for the first time since 1919, as have all other states and territories. And if you do need to enter the New South Wales uh, now from Victoria, you will need a permit. Meanwhile, Queensland opened its border yesterday to all states except for Victoria. And anyone that's been to Victoria in the past 14 days is now being refused entry outright to Queensland. If you're from another state, though, and you wish to go to Queensland, for the next few weeks you will need to um, get a permit online, I believe, before you can cross the border. But uh, thankfully that that option is now opened up for uh, people in New South Wales and other states. Uh, As you're probably aware, Melbourne is now in lockdown for the next six weeks following a local COVID-19 outbreak there. And there have been reports that a lapse in hotel quarantine in Melbourne is responsible for some of the outbreak. Um, As a result, Victoria has now stopped accepting international arrivals while an investigation is underway. 
Other states will also start limiting international arrivals from next Monday, with all states to reduce their intake of passengers from overseas by around half, um, which will be a reduction of around 4,000 people arriving each week. All states will eventually also move to a user pay system where arriving Australian citizens and permanent residents will be required to pay for their two weeks of hotel quarantine. I believe Queensland is already doing this. Most airlines around the world are now encouraging or mandating the use of face masks to reduce the spread of um, COVID-19, but Cut It Railways has taken this a step further and now requires economy class passengers to also wear face shields when they're not eating. These single-use plastic shields will be distributed to all passengers on Qatar Airways flights free of charge. Business class passengers will also be offered face shields and masks, but won't be required to wear the shields, as the airline says that business class passengers naturally have more space around them anyway. A business that used to offer its customers Qantas Business Rewards points has slammed the loyalty program for small to medium businesses. It says Qantas Business Rewards has made drastic changes to its business model, which now encourages churn and burn and large upfront payments over long-term loyalty. Two years ago, Switch Telecom launched a partnership with Qantas Business Rewards, but that relationship soured earlier this year, and Switch Telecom has not renewed its partnership beyond June this year. None of the Qantas staff that Switch initially dealt with, it says, still works for the airline, and the conditions presented to Switch when it was time to renew its contract this year were totally different to those from just two years ago. And there's a full statement from Switch in the article linked in the episode notes. After a hiatus of several months, Virgin Australia's happy hour sales were back last week, with economy fares starting at $69 and business class tickets from just $250 one way, which is uh, quite unprecedented lows, I must say. Before COVID-19, Virgin's happy hour sales would normally run every Thursday in the afternoon. With Bain Capital now chosen as the preferred buyer for Virgin Australians, preparations do continue ahead of a creditors meeting in mid-August where the sale proposal will be voted on. Qantas began reopening its domestic airport lounges last week after being closed for more than three months. On the 1st of July, the Qantas Business Class lounges reopened in Sydney, Perth and Canberra as well as the Qantas Club in Adelaide and regional lounges in Alice Springs, Broome, Coffs Harbour, Kalgoorlie, Caratha, Launceston and Tamworth, and the Alice Springs lounge is actually just being reopened now for the first time after being refurbished. From yesterday, um, more lounges opened. The Qantas Business Lounge uh, was due to open in Brisbane, and the Qantas Clubs in Cairns, Emerald, Gladstone, Mackay, Rockhampton and Townsville were also um, set to open yesterday and further openings are expected now in August. There is a limit to lounge capacity in place um, at most Qantas lounges now in order to provide with current public health guidelines. Each lounge may have to stop accepting more people now if it is operating close to capacity in order to enable social distancing. And because of this, Qantas is now limiting guests in its lounges. Guests now need to be traveling on the same Qantas flight as the member. Qantas may also refuse access to passengers with complimentary lounge passes, such as those given to silver frequent flyers or with certain credit cards. These capacity constraints are only temporary, thankfully, uh, and they'll remain in place as long as the government restrictions limit the number of people allowed in indoor venues, but some other changes may linger longer. 
Qantas will continue to offer complimentary food and drinks in its lounges, but self-serve buffets, drink stations, toasties, and pancake machines will not be available. Instead, there'll be a hosted all-day snacking station, as Qantas is calling it, which will be, um, which will offer individually plated dishes of the day, um, and there'll also be roaming staff members going around handing out um, pre-prepared food. Thankfully, the business uh, lounge in Perth will continue offering pizza, and when the Melbourne Business Lounge reopens, the Spice Bar will also reopen. Um, there will be drinks, including coffee, juice, beer, and wine, available to order from the bar only. And there will be hand, sanita- hand sanitizer stations, although shower facilities will not initially be available. Now, initial reports from frequent flyers that have visited some of the Qantas lounges since they uh, started reopening this month have been very positive, I must say. They've said that the service has been really good, the food was good, and the lounges weren't too busy. So that is promising stuff. Virgin Australia's domestic lounges, meanwhile, do remain closed indefinitely. Qantas has also brought back alcoholic drinks in business class uh, on all of its domestic flights after 9am, and it's also brought back meals on all of its business class flights. In economy class, uh, alcohol will be available on flights only between the Australian East Coast, so Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Perth or Darwin after 9am. Wi-Fi is also being progressively rolled back out on Qantas flights, although in-flight entertainment remains unavailable for the foreseeable future. Finally, Qantas is reportedly offering status credits, extra credit value, or extended voucher validity to selected customers if they agree to hold on to their flight credits rather than requesting a refund for cancelled flights. Some Australian frequent flyer members reported being offered 100 bonus status credits, an additional 10% value on their flight credits, or even extended voucher validity until the end of 2023 if they opted not to request a refund. Qantas has already extended the validity of other flight credits issued for COVID-19 until the end of 2022. It looks like the offer has been made to some customers after the ACCC advised that many customers uh, with Qantas flight credits were entitled to a refund if Qantas cancelled their flight a couple of weeks ago. And when they made this announcement, this resulted in a flood of customers contacting Qantas to request refunds all at the same time. Um, Most of those were passengers that had booked to travel between the 17th of March and the 31st of May this year. So it looks like Qantas may have been offering this as a temporary measure to try and stop the, the sudden need to pay out more refunds. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news updates and deals, subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook, and you'll find all the details at australianfrequentflyer.com.au. Coming up next is my interview with Jessica Tam. Well, today I'm joined by somewhat of a celebrity, at least this week anyway. You may remember AFF moderator Jessica Tam from episodes 4 and 26 of this podcast. Well, this week Jessica had another 15 minutes of fame after the story about her insane Qatar Airways refund went viral. And I'm sorry to use that word, but a few weeks back, Jessica Tam received a much larger refund than she'd bargained for from Qatar Airways. And then she posted about this on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum at the time, and I then wrote an article about it in the Frequent Flyer Gazette last Friday. And since then, the story has uh, just been everywhere. To tell me all about it, I'm joined by the star herself, Jessica Tam. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Good to be here again. Tell me, what did you originally book with Carter Airways, and, and how much was the ticket? Well, I, as part of 
getting up to Europe um, in May, I booked a flight from Indonesia to or Jakarta Airport up to London via Doha with Qatar Airways. That was a reasonably priced um, out of there to get to Europe. Mm-hmm. And it was about $2,800, $2,900 Australian. And, um, of course, in May, our borders were still closed. So uh, one of the flight legs was cancelled. So Qatar contacted me to say it was cancelled. And because of that, I then went through the process to claim a refund of what I paid, which took a while to process, but uh, eventually they did. Yeah, so that was about $2,800 Australian dollars in. That was for business class, wasn't it? That was Yes, that was yep. in business class return, um, and I was going to be in Singapore anyway um, around that time, so it was fairly convenient for me just to duck across to Jakarta to then fly up to Europe. Okay, so yeah, no, no surprise then that the flight was cancelled due to COVID-19, but what happened then when you requested a refund? Well, I got notification from Qatar that it would take quite a few weeks, and it did, but eventually I got an email to say, we've now processed your refund, you should see it, in your bank account in the next 28 days. Well, two days later, as I was checking my account for other reasons, I had to take a double take because my bank account showed that I had an available balance of $28,179,000 plus change. (laughs) So what was your initial reaction when you saw that you had $28 million to spend on your credit card? Um, Well, the first thing I did was I took a screenshot of it. I thought I need to keep this and I figured something's gone scarily wrong here and I tried to work out how the price, how that amount was was sitting there and I could see in the pending transactions the refund from Qatar for about $2,860 and I wasn't sure if they were meant to be the same thing and it was only when I went back through my records that I realised that the extra that was sitting in my account was directly related to the original fare. Yeah, so did you originally pay in Indonesian rupiah, being a ticket out of Indonesia? I did. That's that's how Qatar works. When you, if I if I bought the flight um, in uh, from London, I would have been paying in pounds. If I bought it from Amsterdam, I would have been paying in euros. However, as I was buying it departing from Jakarta, uh, the flight was in Indonesian rupiah, and the exchange rate's about one to ten thousand. So I actually paid twenty eight million one hundred and seventy nine thousand Indonesian rupiah. Uh, and so somehow, somewhere along the way, either the airline or the bank or someone has then processed or quoted this, uh, the amount in Indonesian rupiah, but as Australian dollars. Yeah, and it's and it's funny because it appeared at both on my credit card statement. So the available balance was $28 million or so. Nice to be able to say or so to a number like that. And... But the but the reverse transaction was showing as two thousand eight hundred and sixty dollars. So it was showing as pending, but the available balance hadn't been transferred across. I think from repair to Australian dollars correctly, which is why it showed there was such a significant um, available balance. Uh, and did the bank eventually fix this? Unfortunately, they did. Oh. I was going to give it a couple of days, and if they hadn't. I would have rung them and got them to check. But <laughs> overnight, the uh, the account rectified itself. The pending transaction of the refund from Qatar for $2,800 um, 
became no longer pending and my available balance dropped significantly. Oh, sadly. What would you have done with the $28 million? Well, to be honest, and it wouldn't surprise anyone to know that the thought did cross my mind. Could I, could I take the money and run? But then I thought, well, I'd have to get it all out in cash today and I'd then probably have to get a new passport, change my name and go into hiding, which means <laughs> I'd have to give up contact with all my friends. And I'm tipping that Qatar Airways would have been quite happy to put $28 million uh, into their resources to actually track me down and find me. So I figured... $28 million, it's not enough to try to escape and uh, and take the money and run, which means I guess I know that my price now for doing something wrong is more than $28 million. Oh, uh, a woman of integrity, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it had been $30 million, I might have done something differently. <laughs> I, I did have a laugh on, on the Australian Frequent Fire Forum in the membership chat thread where you posted about this. You did ask if um, there were anyone new of any small uh, countries available for sale. Yes, and I did. I did get a few people offering to look after the money for me in case there were any complications that arise, which I was I was grateful for. But uh, unfortunately, it all fell through. So the small mm-hmm. island I was eyeing off uh, couldn't bear all those mortgages I was going to be repaying. That that wasn't going to be happening either. And I think you had a Nigerian prince or a friend to help out as well first. Oh, I'm sure that, yeah, a well, Nigerian prince just popped up and said, look, you know, you'll be fine. I'll, I'll look after you. If you transfer just a few hundred dollars, then uh, it would have looked after the rest. Sure, that was not bored. <laughs> oh, wow. So did you, in the end, um, obviously you'd paid in Indonesian rupiah. The exchange rate would have fluctuated a little bit since when you booked and when you got the refund. Did you end up getting slightly more or slightly less back with the exchange rate? I booked a flight back in early March and the refund came through in July and in that time unfortunately the Australian dollar strengthened ever so slightly so I think after all of that I was about $50 out of pocket um, and but as far as the international transaction converting repair to um, Australian dollars that was all refunded so there was no no issue with any of those transactions occurred with my um, with my credit card on the initial booking and I have to say to be out of pocket $50 absolutely pales into comparison for um, many many people who've had huge cancellation fees or have yet to receive their refund oh, so I'm ab- absolutely, absolutely not complaining about that absolutely yeah how's your have, did you have to cancel any other flights and you, are you used to waiting for any other refunds from other airlines uh, I did get I had two bookings with Qatar and the other booking the other refund came through um, within a day or two of that one uh, unfortunately that one was repaid at the correct rate so I didn't have any uh, any bragging rights on um, any extreme credit card available balances for that one and I had some British Airways flights and Qantas they were good they were refunded Singapore Airlines with points they've come back as well so I had three weeks off so I had about 20 flights booked um, but they've unfortunately all been cancelled and refunded now. Okay. Yeah, I know some people are still waiting for refunds from Qantas or, or other airlines, and I, I know a lot of Virgin customers haven't been able to get refunds at all. So, um, yeah, it's a, definitely a mixed experience. Uh, now, you've, uh, Jess, over the last week after this story went viral, you've been featured in news articles in the United States, in the UK, New Zealand, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, France, and even Qatar itself. <laughs> How do you feel about the attention? Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realise there was one in France. You might have to send me the link to that one. Um, yeah, it's crazy that so many different um, flying-based forums have picked the story up. 
and uh, and run with it. And there must be perhaps a, a definite lack of uh, airline-related news happening at the moment, so they'll <laughs> grab at anything. Yes, I, I did. Uh, I did find it interesting to see how many of the news sites, many many of the news sites, did reference the original post or the FF article. But a lot of them, um, after a while, just sort of copied off each other. And at each point along the way, some of the facts I did notice got misconstrued. Or even there was a there was a news um, website in New Zealand that called you Jessican with an N on the end, and then another news news oh. website picked it up and repeated <laughs> the mistake and also called you Jessican, just for example. And then there was a. There was another website that referred to AFF as Frequent Traveller Australia, which is close but not quite, not quite right. Not but quite yeah, indeed, was... yeah, and 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 uh, quite a, a few of the websites have presumed that uh, my my AFF username Jessica Tam is actually my name. So there were references to Miss Tam did this and Miss Tam did that, and. Those who know me know that um, if you took a stereotypical Miss Tam, I'd be nothing like her. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit sad, and I have to say, nobody contacted me to check any of the facts. No one contacted you. I mean, in the, no. there's not nothing I said in the article was that was incorrect, but. Um, I mean, it would be very easy to spoof the media with the, the lack of fact checking that was displayed there. Indeed, maybe maybe I should tell them that um, today I notice that the money's back in my account. What am I to do now? <laughs> See how far that gets. But you might that, get a few friend requests too. Indeed, lots of friend requests. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jess, for coming back on the podcast and telling me about your um, about your story with Cutter Airways. No, absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, hopefully. Errors like this uh, will always happen in our favour and not the other way around, even though it didn't last very long. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, speaking of Qatar Airways, you've probably already heard about the status match that Qatar ran back in May for Velocity Frequent Flyer members. Perhaps you took advantage of it and maybe you now have silver, gold or platinum status with the Qatar Privilege Club program. I think it's worth talking about this for a few minutes because I still can't quite work out what on earth Qatar Airways was trying to get out of this. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a great deal for those Velocity members that were able to take advantage and now have one world status for the next year. Um, Absolutely no complaints there from me, but uh, with international borders unlikely to reopen anytime soon, most of the new Privilege Club members in Australia will never get a chance to actually fly with Qatar Airways before their 12 months of uh, status expires, so they'll never get to redeem those uh, Q credits for upgrades, and they'll never get to try out the Qatar product or experience what it's like while they have their, their new status. Um, it, it, as long as the borders don't reopen. Um, now, members can, of course, access benefits when flying domestically with Qantas. So if you have Qatar Platinum status, you have access to the Qantas business class lounges in Australia, for example. But due to some bizarre quirk with the uh, with the Privilege Club program, it's not possible to earn Q points, and those are the ones that count towards uh, Privilege Club status, on Qantas domestic flights. You can only earn Q points or Q miles, which is the currency of the program, for domestic flights on Qantas, and only in the more expensive fare buckets, I might add, if you're travelling on the same ticket as a Qantas or a Qatar Airways marketed international flight. So while international travel is not possible, it's not possible to earn Q points in Australia. So potentially, Qatar Airways is going to be paying for all of its new members in Australia now to access Qantas lounges when travelling domestically within Australia for the next year, but these Privilege Club members in Australia have no possibility to actually renew their status. Now, from an airline point of view, this makes no sense. 
And in fact, it's a perfect case study in how not to run a status match. Now, for the record, I did try contacting Qatar Airways to see if it's aware of this and also to clarify a few of the finer details about the status match, which were not clear, and they never did get back to me. So, yeah, it's it's just all around, it's just bizarre. Um, they did, however, release a public statement about Jessica Tam's mysterious refund, so go figure. But anyway, if you did take advantage of that Qatar Airways uh, status match, you may be interested to know that there is now also a status match that you can get with a Star Alliance airline. Now, TAP Portugal has released an extension of its previous status match offer with some new terms and conditions, and these, this offer is now for frequent flyers that have existing status with a new list of airlines, and one of the airlines on that list is actually Qatar Airways. So potentially, if you do have Qatar Airways status now, you can also get Star Alliance status for the next 12 months if that's something that you'd be interested in. Now, the other airlines that, um, if you have status with these airlines, you can then use that to get a match with TAP. They are American Airlines, Aeroflot in Russia, Aerolíneas Argentinas, Air Europa, Middle Eastern Airlines, Aeromexico, Etihad, British Airways, Finnair, Air France and KLM, Iberia, Latam, Alitalia, Czech Airlines, Royal Jordanian, Royal Air Maroc, Emirates, um, Delta, Gol, and Azul. So quite an extensive list there. Um, no Australian Airlines, Qantas and Virgin Australia are not on that list. Um, but uh, yeah, if you have, for example, Emirates or American Airlines, British Airways, Etihad, or of course, Qatar Airways status, you could um, take advantage of that offer. Now to take part, you need to send an email to statusmatch at tapmilesandgo.com. That's the email address. Um, it's That's on their website if you wanted to check that. Uh, with a copy of your current frequent flyer card with a, with a competing airline. And then once approved, you would either need to buy miles or join club, tap miles and go within 15 days of that approval. Do that and you get uh, Star Alliance silver or gold status, depending on your current level with the other airline, for a year. And um, you then have also an opportunity to extend that for another year by completing a challenge on, on tap if you uh, were able to do that. But um, yeah, now there, there's details about this promotion in the article on our website, which I've linked in the episode notes if you want more information about that. And by the way, just as a reminder, Qantas Frequent Flyer does also have its own status challenge for frequent flyers of competing airlines that are looking to make the switch over to Qantas, and that does include Virgin Australia. Now, it's not something that Qantas advertises, but it's called the Tier Accelerator Program officially, and it's offered on a discretionary basis if you contact the Qantas Frequent Flyer Service Center. You just need to send them proof of your current status with another airline, um, let them know why you want to take part in the challenge. For example, you know, you might be thinking about making the switch to Qantas and you'll be doing more flying with them in the future. And um, if you're approved with that challenge, you then get 90 days to earn either 200 status credits if you're doing a gold challenge or 400 status credits if you're doing a platinum challenge. Um, now, that's as I said, this is not published. This is not a, an advertised offer, so it could vary. Um, it is at Qantas's discretion, A, if they offer you the challenge or B, you know, what the goal is, but that's typically what it involves. Um, now, typically, if you're getting a double status credits offer or other, you know, special promotional offers, they don't count towards these tier accelerator challenges. So you do actually have to do the flying. And for that reason, you might wait until, you know, um, Australia is out of some of these lockdowns and, and some of the state borders reopen before you actually um, start your 90 day challenge. But um, yeah, something to keep in mind. 
Now, you don't get to keep the benefits of, uh, sorry, you don't get to enjoy the benefits of your corner status while you're still completing the challenge. But after you've completed the challenge and your status is upgraded, you then, of course, get those benefits for the rest of your membership year. Finally, in this episode, I wanted to let you know about the next Frequent Flyer Solutions webinar, which is coming up on Wednesday, the 22nd of July at 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, I've talked a lot about um, in previous webinars and on this podcast about the major airline credit card and hotel loyalty programs. But in this next webinar, we're going to take a deep dive into the many smaller loyalty programs in Australia. So in particular, we'll look at um, how to take advantage of some of the shopping, restaurant, car hire, rideshare, petrol station, and online travel agent loyalty programs. So things like Uber Rewards, the Hertz Gold Plus Rewards Program, Maya One, um, the new BP Rewards Program, and we'll also look at the Rex Business Flyer Program of Regional Express, um, among others. And I'll also show you some of the free apps and tools available to firstly store your loyalty cards electronically so you don't have to carry around all those cards in your wallet and also look at tools that keep track of your points and ensure that they never expire. Um, Now you can click on the link in the episode notes for more information about this webinar or to register which um, again will be on the 22nd of July so Wednesday next week. Uh, And as always, just a reminder that Frequent Flyer Solutions subscribers can attend this and all of our other webinars at no extra cost. Just make sure that you register in advance. Well, that's all for this episode of AFF On Air. Thanks again to my guest, Jessica Tam, and thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, check out the episode notes, and here you'll also find a link to the AFF On Air discussion thread on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum, where you're welcome to discuss this episode, provide feedback or suggestions about the podcast, or also ask me a question for a future episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate, I know I ask this every time, but I really mean it, if you'd uh, just take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, take care.